Wednesday. Yes. How are you? Listen, welcome to another information packed episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. I'm your host, the creator and founder, Lisa Puerto, also known as Super Agent. Super Agent, yes. I'm really excited to be here with you today. My phone has done something really new. I guess it's updated and now I, every time I click something, it wants me to use Samsung Pay. This is crazy. Um, I was just trying to bring the track back for you. That's all. Welcome. Episode 12, Season 7. Listen, um, we are continuing our Home Ownership Empowerment Series, our Home Ownership Empowerment Series. If you are joining us for the very first time, say hi, say hello, drop a comment down below. Let us know how you have been and how you've been weathering this storm, this uh, storm, if you will, this current pandemic endemic pandemic with that said i wanted to let's see share a couple updates so we had a great youth boot camp we're still doing the youth boot camp for our ready set real estate club members i miss you i miss you i know i know i know there's a lot been happening so we are now going to be going um completely online you know we started there then we went offline we were doing our live workshops which i loved i just love doing that and then this happened and now it's now it's time to just go back online again. So because I've been consulting and training in different forums, I have not been uh, online as much, which is why I'm also committing to being on for the show. Listen, if you are a property owner or an heir, you are an inheritor, I want you to do me a solid and check out propertyownersedu.com. Why? Because this is where we are having the biggest challenge in our communities with wealth transference, property retention, maintenance, all of that. We're missing an opportunity here. We're missing something. And so um, we've created something special for uh, property owners and inheritors. So those who, those of you who are heirs or beneficiaries of real property estates, um, I, I implore you to check out propertyownersedu.com. Okay. Please check that out. What else? Hey, if you're here, press one, lets me know you're here. Press two, lets me know you shared it. And we are also continuing our show on property homeowner retention. We are, com we are com com completing that. Let me move over. I'm going to just move, move over. I'll just like, there we go. Okay, with that being said, we're going to do classroom style and I'm going to share my screen, share my screen, say that 10 times, share my screen, uh, share my screen. I'm feeling a little silly today. Um, great things are happening. Some serious things are happening. Some just serious things. You know, I wanted to share with you guys something that, uh, hey, DJ, put bring down the music real quick, DJ. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I wanted to share with you something that happened in these last couple of days. So people are still being scammed and targeted, particularly those who are facing foreclosure. This is something very real. Foreclosures are very real. Hey there, Stephen, consistent on when new. I think I said that correctly. Thanks, one, for being in the building. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that I am noticing happening 
I'm, and I'm super comfortable today because I'm I'm actually going to work out. I've got a one appointment, got a couple appointments, one appointment, and then I'm going to go work out. So excuse me being in my white T-shirt and my workout clothes. Um, okay. So one of the things that happened this past week, someone reached out to me and apparently they felt they could represent themselves in a real estate transaction. Hey, some can. Some, some people are totally, you totally can represent yourself. Um, but when you're going up against someone who's experienced, who's a licensed, a licensed agent, who is a, a, a seasoned investor, I suggest you bring an attorney or a licensed professional that can advocate for your interests, your interests. And so this person ended up getting entangled, entangled it was an entanglement, uh, got in an entanglement with the investor and um, almost lost his home, almost sold his home to based on terms that he did not understand. And so um, a little scary, but fortunately, he was able to get out of that situation. All right. Um, and I always refer and recommend people to speak to real estate attorneys. Get an experienced real estate attorney. Uh, get an experienced real estate broker that can give you some some guidance. But also when it gets legal and sticky, get connected with a real estate attorney. You should have your top five. You know, you've heard me talk about your top five. Get with your top five. Who are your top five? Your accountant, CPA or tax advisor, your insurance advisor, your real estate advisor, consultant, broker, agent, professional, your PCP, meaning your primary care physician or holistic doctor, and your attorney should have your top five. You should know who these people are. If you are planning for wealth, accumulation, um, asset retention and growth strategies, and you're not there yet, I suggest you start looking up these people. You know, this is something I did very early on when I was like in 19 or 20, I was in college. I start looking up who my accountant would be, who my attorney would be, who my insurance advisors would be. I start looking these people up and I started making a list. I said, when I get there, these are going to be my folks. I'm going to call them. These are going to be the people. I'm going to interview them, make sure they're a good fit for me. I suggest you do the same. All right. So I'm going to share the screen. Like I said, I'm going to do classroom style here. And there it is. Woohoo! Let's bring it up on the screen. Listen, make sure you're taking notes. We are continuing continuing our property retention series here. And there it is. Okay. Oh, I don't like that banner. Banner is no fun. There we go. I'm gonna just take off the scrolling. All right, part five. This is part five of probably like I don't know how many. Um, oh, couple things. Shout out to our radio podcast listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. So again, for those of you who don't know, a lot of this content is repurposed on our radio podcast, Ready Set Real Estate. Ready Set Real Estate. If you also don't know, you can buy the merch. You guys, we have hoodie snapbacks. Um, I'm gonna bring the backpacks. I was on hold about the backpacks. I was still tweaking some designs before approving them. I think it's now, you know, it's always great. You're always great to have a backpack. And, and no, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a real estate agent or a broker or industry professional. 
You could just be someone who's an advocate of real estate literacy and education. That's what this show is about. The show is about empowering you on red on real estate matters, on real estate topics, on real estate terms, concepts. Uh, if you recall, uh, I believe it was in the first quarter from the from 2019 to the first quarter of 2020, we were doing vocabulary words. We were doing terms and concepts. So I was sharing words like amortization and different clauses and um, adjustable rate mortgages, different things we were talking about to empower you with the vocabulary so that you know and you understand. Don't you understand? Can't you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? No, you cannot understand it if you've never heard these words or you don't know what these words mean or you don't know what to look for. So a little difficult to ex to uh, understand and understand when you were having a real estate discussion, right? Okay, I'm really pumped about this um, property owner uh, empowerment series, especially because I was on a real estate forum and discussion. And so they're projected to have about 600,000 foreclosures in 2021. Um, the market is pretty strong in certain pockets uh, as we see a lot of the workers, the people who have been uh, furloughed and laid off in the restaurant industries and the food industries have been really hard hit. Those hourly workers are hard hit. And those people are actually homeowners. So those people are, are drastically affected. Uh, we also talked about GSEs. So um, there are some protections in place. If you're a homeowner who has a loan that is owned um, or, or insured, guaranteed by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, these are FHA insured loans, the VA insured uh, guaranteed loans and the USDA loans, which is the United States Department of Agriculture, uh, which most people, a lot of people don't talk about those loans, but that's a great loan product. Um, if you're interested in purchasing agricultural property, like farm property and stuff like that, they have a whole program. They'll pay you to grow because, uh, you know, that's farming is an integral part of our livelihood. I did this whole series on all, all aspects of real estate, all aspects of the real estate industry, commercial, agricultural, industrial, manufacturing, residential. So it's, it's just, it's, it's our livelihood. That's why I get all passionate and worked up about it. I'm like, yo, this is our livelihood. Okay, so I'm recapping here for those of you who are joining for the first time. Again, if you are catching us on the replay, hashtag replay, hi, thank you. And I suggest you go back. That way you don't miss out on the options available to you uh, when you're facing financial hardship. That, that's what this is about. Options that are available when you're facing financial hardship. Sometimes the end of the road comes. You know, I'm, I'm helping a few people who are in these scenarios or facing financial hardship. I've got one person, a couple people, a lot of some of you have reached out to me from other podcasts and platforms, from this podcast and platforms, um, and have helped me out and asked me to help you out of your financial hardships to retain your property. Uh, kudos to you for one, reaching out and saying, I need the help. And two, thank you for entrusting me with helping you. And I'm glad those of you that we have assisted um, have successfully been able to maintain the property. So kudos to you. And then some of you are still working through the alternate options available to retain the property. And so thank you guys for, for sticking it through, all right? So also for those of you 
stay tuned for the top five tips to monitor your mortgage. That's going to be at the end. And as I wrap it up, you know, got to give you some, some gems, those real estate gems, hashtag real estate gems in the comment below. All right. Vivian says, good to see you, Lisa Porto. Hi, Vivian. Miss Reed, Aunt Viv. <laughs> it's Aunt Viv. It's great seeing you too. I trust you are well. I've been watching your, uh, your posts. Um, you're definitely stepped up where I now see your face, your beautiful face. You're sharing a lot more of yourself online. So I'm happy that you're stepping up and stepping out. Good job. That's what it's all about. Okay. Before I get into this, uh, let's also recap on definitions. Mortgage lender versus mortgage servers, servicer. All right. Mortgage lender versus mortgage servicer. We do need to to know the difference people because when you are requesting for assistance from the investor who owns your loan they make the final say they make the final say and so oftentimes you think you're communicating with your investor or the person who owns your loan when you look at your mortgage statement that is not the case that is not always true that is not always true. Why? It's because there's a middle person called the mortgage servicer that is managing the accounting, the account receivables and the account payables of these mortgage portfolios for their various investors. So it's important to know, ask the question. You can contact the mortgage servicer and ask them, who owns my loan? What company or entity owns my loan? Who owns my loan? I put land. Who owns my loan? Right? I'm making them. <laughs> so that's the question you want to ask. Who owns my loan? Um, and then the other question that you want to keep in mind or you want to ask is, Okay, I'll save the tips. I'll save the tips because I was already going to give you the tips. Let's jump into it real quick. And, you know, I've cut the show down briefly. We're not doing hour long shows anymore. We've got to keep it. Got to keep it simple. Keep it short, sweet, simple and powerful. I am available for those of you who are on the live. I'm just preparing this slide so I can share it. Who are on live and you if you have questions or similar situations that you need to ask, then um, let me know. Vivian asks, she says, yes, it's very important to research that. Listen, listen, okay? Who owns my loan? All right, so the is a loan modification right for me? Today, we're talking about loan modification plans as an alternate option, um, as an alternate option available to keeping your home. We've covered, let's see, on my notes, we've covered forbearance. We've covered reinstatement and we covered repayment. We've covered forbearance, restate, reinstatement, and repayment. Now today we're talking about loan modifications. Loan modification. So ask yourself, is a loan modification right for me? Is a loan modification right for me? How do you know that? How would you know if a loan modification is right for me? Well, easy. Do you want to keep your home? Ask yourself, do I want to keep, do I want to keep my home? Do I want to stay in my home? 
that's usually the first question they ask on that paperwork is do you want to keep your home and or is your home already listed for sale because they are wanting to know your intention what are your intentions if you want to keep it we'll work with you if you're trying to play games can't help you don't play games people it eventually catches up it really does i see it happen i see it happen in this business all the time people think you can get over and that stuff catches up with you and then you're you're left without and then you're screwed and then you're like dang i should have should have would have could have and then it's too late so do you want to keep your home and then that's the first part of that question and can you no longer afford your mortgage payment meaning your current monthly mortgage payment so you want to stay in your home but you can't afford the payment due to life events is what i call it right marital status has changed such as death and divorce a spouse or an income a spouse who was an income earner contributing to the household income to pay and help pay for the household expenses has passed on or passed away or you're going through a divorce that you would like to keep the home um and now you will be losing that income or that support that you were getting uh the other thing is you're earning less money so some of you who have been furloughed or lost your job and there's a reduction happening don't sweat currently there is a moratorium in place but guess what that moratorium is going to expire which is why we're having this discussion now we've been having this discussion for a couple weeks now in october we're going to continue this discussion in november we'll probably continue it in december january like i said we'll keep following the news of what's happening with the moratorium uh, because that moratorium is set to expire. I have openly said this in my real estate forums and panel discussions and conferences that we are honestly kicking this can down the road. This is not a jab to you as a property owner. This is just policy and politics in place. You know, they're, they're different depending on your governor, what your governor is doing, de depending on what the current administration does to help assist owners stay in their property but i say we're kicking this can down the road because we've been doing that for a long time this isn't news to us the only difference right now is what i'm seeing is that in the event of you know this increase of foreclosures to hit the market is that these properties are going to have equity there may not be as many short sales what could tip off short sales are things like I've seen um, a lot of seniors are coming forth and reaching out to me about pace and hero liens that have been recorded against their property and they are for a substantial amount. Um, at this point, the lien holder is sticking to their guns and they're going to want you to pay it. Yeah. So unless you file a lawsuit and go through that process, um, it, it's going to be a process. It's going to be an uphill battle. I would say with that. So with an exception to, to that, uh, looks like a lot of these properties will have equity in it. And so I want to discuss that in the context that, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll save that discussion for the last option and we call it deed in lieu of foreclosure. We're going to talk about that as one of the alternate options where life doesn't have to end when you have to sell your property or do a deed in lieu of foreclosure, give the property back, 
um, life doesn't have to end at that point. Just look at it as a new chapter and for you to start over and just start anew. You know, life does happen to each and every one of us. Super agent is definitely not the exception. I've been experiencing life in my highs and lows over the last decade or so. Um, and some of you know my story and some of you have really just applauded the amount of things that I have produced in my uh, trials and tribulations in my experiences. Vivian says, seems the seniors are some of the most vulnerable. Seniors, yes, and our immigrant home homeowners, those who are non-English speaking. And some it's so funny when I say non-English speaking, people assume that I'm referring to like Latinos, but you've got to remember there's an Asian community that does not speak English as a primary language. There's an African community that does not speak English as a primary language. And so our immigrant community, our senior community, definitely are targeted and um, those who are unfamiliar with um, their right, rights, which is why I started this empowerment series with the Homeowner Bill of Rights, the Homeowner Bill of Rights. Um, some of you may have never heard of that, but now you know, now you know. All right, so life does happen. Um, and so with the loan modification, you're asking yourself, is this right for me in, in, in the instance that do I want to keep my home, but I can't afford my mortgage payment because life has happened. I'm lost my job. I'm earning less money. My expenses have increased. You've got to be careful about the expenses having increased because I was assisting a client in um, making or applying for loan modification. And, you know, their expenses have did increase substantially and they, were, they weren't, they increased for reasons of, education, right? So what I call almost mortgaging, mortgaging your, your children's college education. So I was, there was an increase in credit card debt and student loan debt because they, they have been paying for the tuition. And, you know, so it, it's a really, it's a really um, difficult thing for me to, to watch. And it's not something I advise on. I've spoke about it before, when we talk about, you know, education and knowledge and what we deem to be important. And that's a whole nother conversation because <laughs> some of you are going to be like, college is important it, for some people, not for everyone. Uh, I'm college educated, degreed, if you will. And uh, what I do for a living, um, the things I learned and the tools that I use, I learned in middle school. I learned how to use PowerPoint. Word, Excel, Outlook, and all these other platforms I self-taught myself. And that's what I've been using to earn my income. I've, you know, used those same tools to publish books, to create content, to market myself, advertise. I mean, it's, listen, you guys. We've got to really get a grip on what we are deeming important as it relates to quote unquote college education. Some of you have even posed or asked like, well, if it's such a hard time right now, how come college tuition has not been reduced? Ah, because college is not even that significant for some people in terms of their careers and being set for life. See, college is a business and we have to remember that college is a business. Okay. I'm just going to leave that there. 
I'm not going to argue with anybody over it. You're entitled to your own positions. All right. So if you say yes, if you say yes, I want to stay in my home and, and yes, um, I can no longer forward my current monthly mortgage payment, monthly mortgage payments, then there is an attempt with the investor, right? You are communicating with the mortgage servicer and sometimes the mortgage servicer can be also the person, the entity that owns your loan. I'm careful when I use these words interchangeably because I, I want you to be clear. Uh, I want you to be clear on who you're communicating this with when you request that I would like um, a loan modification package or I'd like to know my options. And that's the first thing it starts. Uh, I shared on the last episode that they will not consider you unless you miss a payment, not until your payment is late and you then pick up the phone and say, listen, um, they can see that your payment is late. Not until you pick up the phone, will they then say or recognize that your payment is past due and they're going to say, would you like to make a payment today? And you can say, you know what? I'm having a hard time making my payment because life is happening. They're going to say, well, um, you know, would you be interested in some of our alternate options? Right. And so that would be a package they'll send you to explore repayment, reinstatement, loan modifications, depending how far along you've gotten. Sometimes at this point, when someone is discussing loan modification plan, uh, plan is because they have not initiated the conversation. They may not have been aware to initiate the conversation and they've just let the months go by. They've just let them go by and they keep going by and then you're not having this discussion. So um, once you communicate that, they will send you a package. Vivian, I wanna capture your comment and share that. Vivian says, it would it be better for people to take a loan modica modification if they can foresee additional income to pay for a modified mortgage, like renting out a space in your home. Yeah, so loan modification definitely can be um, considered since you see that you may uh, have an income. Yeah, uh, last week we talked about a repayment plan. So repayment plans as opposed to loan modification, repayment plans are for a short period of time where it's a little bit more monthly and then they do like a catch-up payment so if that's something that works for the short period, that's usually like two to four months, two to six months, loan modification is going to be something that's going to be a little bit more, per not a little bit, a lot more permanent. It's going to be permanent. What they, great question, by the way. So yes, if you foresee that you may have an income stream, because when you apply for the loan modification, they're asking you for current income. So they are not going to factor you having this idea to rent out a room or a space in your room to collect additional income. They're not factoring that. They are documenting. They want you to document and submit all income so they can so they can come up with what they consider a reasonable, affordable mortgage payment based on your income, based on your expenses. Because they also do ask you to complete an expense worksheet. They want to know what all your household expenses, what's your utility bill? What's how much are you spending on clothes? What are you spending on food? You know, um, and it's really interesting because I, I mentioned this about increased in expenses. So just because expenses may have increased, that's not necessarily guarantee that you will be approved for loan modification. Because the challenge, again, I find is people tend to 
live above their means. This is no surprise. People are living above their means and you are increasing debt on your credit cards. You're not allocating to priorities. Again, that's a, that's priorities, right? What is important? The roof over your head or you eating out every night. Okay. So as they're discussing loan modifications with you, they make an attempt to reduce the payments to something more affordable. And then they will put you on what is a trial period for three to four months before the loan is actually modifi modified. What does that mean? They give you three to four months for consecutive on-time payments. Consecutive on-time payments. Phoebe <laughs> says they know this too. Yes, they do. They do. They they look at the worksheet. They 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 look at this worksheet, which is why they ask you, what is all your income? What are your expenses? And they want you to submit proof, right? If you're self-employed, they want your P and Ls. What are your P and Ls? Your profit and loss statements. They want your pay stubs. They want that information. Same thing with expenses. They want you to document that. Okay. So they go through trial period. Um, I, I recall selling a home actually after the, they missed a payment during the trial period and it forfeits that option for loan modification. I've had some people restart it again. Again, it's just communicating with the investor, communicating with the mortgage servicer, what your intent is, what are your intentions? Stop playing those games, right? If you attempted to do it, you felt like you could, you couldn't, if you attempted to make the mortgage payments on time, but you, you couldn't do it for whatever reason, you have to communicate that. Hey, this is what happened. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best this is what happened. And in that communication, oftentimes what they will recommend is we recommend you speak to a real estate professional about potentially selling your home. Right. I, I'm just having this discussion with somebody. They have completely they are almost depleting the equity in the property. Um, by borrowing and they keep trying they keep burying themselves because they're trying to keep the home. They're trying to keep the home. And again, we're going to talk about that as, you know, last resort. I'm a lot. I'm, I discuss selling as a last resort, unless someone says to me, I'm done. And I've had those people, which is why I say we've got to be a lot more forgiving to people when they decide to sell a home. I know we're advocate about ownership, which is why I'm an advocate about real estate literacy, being educated on real estate. Not necessarily being an advocate of home ownership or real estate, but is it the most does it make most financial sense for you? Does this make the most financial sense for you and your family? You know, that's the important thing. That's the important thing. Is this the best for me and my family's financial situation? Because time and time again, I feel people keeping big mama's house, grandpa's house, nana's house. And it has so much sentimental value and they cannot maintain the property. I said this on the last couple shows that if you have overgrown um, shrubs and people are dumping on your land or your property, the city is going to fine you. What does fine? They're going to fine you. They're going to then record a lien on the property that not only did you have to worry about deferred maintenance, property taxes and keeping property insurance, but also now the city's behind you because you're slipping. It just it depletes the equity in the property. I'm about preserving the equity. How do we preserve the equity? Sometimes it's about 
selling that property, taking the equity and reinvesting in something. I talk to your financial advisor. If you decide you want to do something real estate related, then we explore those options. If you want to end up doing an annuity, what we call a single pay annuity that'll pay you dividends and create a retirement nest egg for you, then that's maybe what you should do. But those are things that can you can't you don't know that unless you have that discussion with your top five. I said that in the beginning, know your top five. Unless you're having this discussion with your top five, will it then make sense as a collective team that says, hey, I just before I started this show, I got a phone call from one of my 76 year old clients who we are assisting, who was scammed. Right. She was scammed and defrauded and six people were added to her title because she thought she was told coached how to keep her house from going into foreclosure so now that's something that needs to be cleaned up but then there's also another scenario happening that she's saying to me lisa at at this age it's too much to maintain i'm solely responsible to fix things so if you have someone who is on a fixed income, I don't like to say that because we all have the potential to increase our income stream. But for someone who is in the mindset that I am on a fixed income and I cannot afford or maintain the maintenance right of the property, the upkeep, pay the property taxes, keep my insurance and pay my mortgage and, and utilities, eat and live in my 70s. If I don't have that ability to do that, what are my other options? And she said to me, Lisa, I want to clean this stuff up so we can, you know, I, I think I want to go ahead and sell it and move on and just go enjoy my life. And sometimes that just has to be okay. Why? Because it's a decision that that person comes to make on their own. No stones thrown here. You don't know what people are going through. If you don't know what people are going through, no, don't don't cast judgment or throw stones if they opt to sell. Truth be told. Uh, Vivian Chair, she says, you know that I have become jaded with this arena, but you have restored my faith in it. You're the you're one you're one of the great ones, Lisa Puerto. Thank you, Aunt Viv. I appreciate it. I, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, and she says, if you have a home, you need extra income. Absolutely. Quick formula for you. The property maintenance on a property is going to be 5% of what you paid for it annually. You've got to think about it as a business. What if the roof goes bad, the plumbing, the electrical, something with the flooring, foundation? You got a main sewer line goes bust. Home warranties only cover so much. You know that. Home warranties are not the same as property insurance. Okay, so know the difference. Um, I did it. I did a class on that for our club members. Ready, set, real estate club members. We had home warranty versus home insurance, home owners insurance, or property insurance. Again, this is why we do the show is so you can be empowered with this information so you know the difference. All right, let's continue. How am I on timing? 140. Woo. I want to I'm going a little over, but it looks like somebody needed to hear this today. Um Vivian would like to add. 
She says maintenance, taxes, mortgage, et cetera. Exactly what I just said. Maintenance, taxes, mortgage, et cetera. Oftentimes people feel like, okay, I don't have a mortgage, so I don't, I'm good. No, you still have property taxes to pay. And depending what state you're in, some are a lot higher than others. And what I've learned as well, depending what state you are in, your utilities, if you don't pay your utilities, the utility company can record a lien against your property. So also know that as well. It's important. It's very important. Very important. All right. So trial period for three to four months before the loan is modified. Once you complete the trial period, they will then put forth a, a loan modification, usually a fixed interest rate over the next 30 years, amortized over the next 30 years. And I've looked at some uh, clients' loan modifications as they're just wanting to double check. Hey, is this, is, is my loan modification going to expire? You know, when does it expire? Uh, what does the interest rate look like? And that's the other thing. They're going to put you on an interest rate, a fixed interest rate for a period of years, right? It'll be like, you know, years one through four of this modification. And then in year five, your interest rate is going to go up a little bit and then it'll be fixed for the life of the loan. You need to know that information. You need to know that when the interest rate goes up, will the new mortgage payment be something you can afford? You need to know this information. Those are the questions you need to ask yourself. If I'm agreeing to these terms, is it something I can commit to? Can I commit? Okay. Moving on. All right. I got to get my pointer here. Screen. All right. The good news is there is help. So for those of you who are facing financial hardship, and just in case Lisa's not answering her phone at all hours of the night, because I am not going to answer my phone at all hours of the night, as much as I love you and as much as I want to help you, I'm not going to do it. Help is free 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, you can receive help by HUD approved housing counselors. They are available. You can call 888-995-HOPE. That's H-O-P-E. Or again, the number is 888-995-4673. Write that down. Take a screenshot. That way you have it. And the good news is you can do something about a lot of this stuff. You can do something about being on top of your mortgage responsibilities, not just making a payment. But guess what? Making great notes, taking notes, checking it. So here are my top five tips to monitor your mortgage. One, write it down. When you are calling your mortgage service or mortgage lender, make notes so that it is reflected on your mortgage statement. If you have made changes, you've asked for something, you've requested information, um, clarification or some account reconciliation, you made a payment, it's not reflected. Make those notes and make reference of who you spoke with. What is their extension and ID number? Hello, may I have a reference ID for this call? Sometimes they say the date and time. You can use the date and time for this call and your loan number. Number two, read each monthly mortgage statement. Read 
read, read <laughs> each monthly mortgage statement. Don't assume because they're the lender, they're the ones that, you know, they've got their system generated letters and that it's correct. Do not assume that. That is going to be your first mistake. Number three, check your credit reports. Check your credit reports. You want to make sure they're reporting accurate information. If they said they're not going to report late uh, payments on your credit report while they're working with you or while you're going through this, um, especially right now as a moratorium is happening, they are to comply right with that, to not be reporting to the credit bureaus about late payments. For those of you who are new to this, where do we check our credit reports for free? It is federally mandated that you gain access to all three of your credit reports at annualcreditreport.com. You get access to all three credit reports from all three credit bureau agencies, which are, can someone drop them in the box below, in the comment below, can you please list off all three of our credit bureau agencies? Annualcreditreport.com. I just ordered mine. Um, I was not able to complete my order online because somebody is using my credit. And so I was not able to authenticate myself because there is an address on file on my credit report that is not mine. So I now have to flag it and I have to send additional proof to the credit report agency so I can dispute and have that information removed. I don't know what information is being reported on my credit as a result of this additional address, but someone has decided to use my credit. Go figure. Good for them. Good luck. <laughs> um, number four, Vivian, I'm going to get to your comments shortly. Number four, I just want to get through our top five. Number four, confirm or continue to pay your property taxes and insurance. Please continue to pay what you can towards your property taxes and insurance. Oftentimes our inheritors, inheritors, those who are heirs and beneficiaries, sometimes forget that part or maybe no one ever mentioned it to you or somehow you're just ignoring that bill that comes from the county tax assessor's office. Yeah, don't ignore that one. Um, depending on what state you're in, right? California here, five years of no tax payments. Um, the tax assessors will then move forward to legal action by way of foreclosure against the property to claim the past due property tax balance. They will foreclose on you to reclaim the default defaulted amounts. So please continue to pay your property taxes and property insurance. Um, I was reading an article that said a senior had lost his property, had lost his home because he had not paid a dollar and eight dollars and twelve cents. He had a remaining balance on his property taxes for eight dollars and twelve cents, which is why I implore you, um, for those of you who are homeowners, inheritors, and beneficiaries, to look into PropertyOwnersEDU.com because had that person been a member, they definitely would not have lost their home for over eight dollars. Our team, make sure that you are paying, that um, it's credited to your account and everything is all good. That's the important thing, that you are up to date, that no liens have been recorded, that you are not aware of, and no one has went and fraudulently added themselves to your title that you are not aware of. All right. 
Thank you, Vivian. Uh, Vivian adds, Equifax Trends Used and Experience. Experian. Equifax Trends Used and Experian are three main credit bureau agencies that are reporting. All right. That are reporting. So, yeah. She says, wow, super heartless. Um, it's not heartless. It's business. At the end of the day, it's business. The tax assessor is there to collect taxes. Yeah, he was an older gentleman. Um, and same thing. So another property owner uh, lost their property as well is because they had forced insurance. So if you have a mortgage and you don't pay your property insurance, guess what? The lender is protecting their interest. So they're going to force, they have the right to force insurance on you. And oftentimes that insurance is a lot expensive than the one that you originally were paying. And now you have the forced insurance bill on top of your mortgage and taxes and things really quickly start to snowball and can get a little hectic in life. All right. So that's always important. Um, number five, keep the lines of communication open with the mortgage servicer. What does that mean? Send your fax, get an email address, communicate with them. You've got to document, 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 document. All right. Paper trail this stuff. Paper trail this stuff because they have a responsibility as part of your homeowner bill of rights to respond to any of your communication in writing within 30 days. If 30 days to produce the information that you are requesting, that is part of your homeowner bill of rights. It's important to know your rights. All right. Um, okay, Vivian, let me get caught up here. You had some great comments. So, um, you added it's the way that things are done, but I buy my house outright if I could, because you will still need income to pay for everything else. Yeah. So even if you did a cash purchase, as some of my clients do, they still have the responsibilities of maintenance, taxes, and insurance. Those do not disappear. So yeah, even if you buy cash. Um, she also adds, when lenders consider your income, do they consider all that you're paying besides your mortgage payment? Yes. So as it, as it relates to your expenses, yes, they have to factor that in. Um, it's the same. It's similar to the same process when you are qualifying for a mortgage. They call it your debt to income ratio, your DTI. How do we know you can qualify for this property? It is based on your debt to income ratio. And they have formulas in place to calculate whether the percentage is below a certain amount that says, yes, you can also maintain the mortgage or it says the amount of debt that you have in relation to the income you are bringing in is too high that you will not be able to qualify for a mortgage of this amount okay i'm doing all this on my on my airboard you see my invisible uh whiteboard <laughs> talking with my hands today yeah um and also to the story that i just shared about the gentleman that lost his uh property to uh, owing $8.12 on his property taxes. Yes. Um, Vivian says $8, which you don't know can cost you dearly. And yes, it cost him his home. Can you imagine having a home paid off? You lived there for over 60 years and, um, because you're not paying attention or you, you didn't realize that you had a rolling $8.12 and you were short. Yeah. Pretty much sucks. Listen, um, as my gift for you to chime in and, and just connecting, there is an awesome homeowner's guide to success. 
provided by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Thank you for those of you who are sending me emails and asking for it. If you haven't received your copy and you want a copy, it also outlines this information that I'm sharing with you. So what I'm doing is just repurposing this information that is available. Some of you may not know where to get this information, where the resources are. Hence, this is why we're here. Uh, send me an email. It is my uh, work email, lisa at lasuperagent.com to receive your free copy of CFPB's Homeowner's Guide to Success. I really like this guide, short, simple. It gives you, gives you a budget worksheet as well. So for the, those of you who are new homeowners or existing homeowners, and right now you are in, ex, in expense optimization. What does that mean? You're in expense optimization. What does that mean? You are fine tuning your expenses. Where can you cut costs? Where do you need to save some money? And so it, it, it gives you that worksheet. And I think that's great. So you have all, all the tools and resources that you need, quite frankly. I always say that we have access to everything that you that we need. If you are listening to this and you find yourself in this situation or you're in the market to sell, buy, or need to refinance, do know I'm active licensed real estate professional and broker. I am available for your real estate needs. Uh, we do specialize in unique situations. So oftentimes I am given those very interesting curveballs in unique situations to assist my clients with the best resolution for them. It's a case by case. What I help someone do or resolve is not going to apply to the next person. So um, feel free to text me, 323-488-3265. Uh, you have my info there, 323-488-3265. That is my cell. You can text me, send me an email. Listen, that's it for today's show. I'm glad you chimed in. We're like right on the money. I went over, but I think it was well worth it because um, we had some great questions. Uh, Vivian, you had some great points to share. And I'm glad that I can restore your faith um, also because there's, you know, there's more than one way to go about doing it. The more you know, the better equipped you are. And I think that's what's important is the more you know, the better equipped you are to make informed, intelligent, financial decisions, especially as it relates to real estate. All right. With that being said, hey, it's about that time to wrap up this powerful information talk episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. <laughs>